my excellent friends, and welcome all. Welcome back to the San Dimas School of Film. Join us on our most excellent adventure through time as we discuss all genres of film. I'm your self-proclaimed host, Tim, and with me as always, Julian. Hey, what's up? Excellent. Al, how are you? Bon Jovi. Oh. Oh. <laughs> and Brad, how are you? We don't know. Devastated. Oh. <laughs> so, today's episode... Hey. Our resident historian, Bradley, yeah. uh, is in control of the booth and he's taking us through the circuits of time back to 1999 to watch wow. the bloody Australian comedy crime <laughs> film, Two Hands. Two hands. Just, can I just say, before we get started, on the way here, I drove past a shop that I've driven past a hundred times but I've never seen before. It was called Hunters and Collectibles. Yeah, that's oh. not bad. I thought that was really good. That that's tickled, quite Aussie. That tickled me. Tickled me a lot. Sorry. All right, Isn't well, that something... That- uh, haven't they been asked by Peter or something like the Hunters and Collectors, the band? Haven't they been asked by Peter to change their name to something less offensive? To Probably like uh, Hunters of Collectibles or something like that. I think they've <laughs> wow. and all these other things. And the band's just literally gone, nah, nah. yeah, <laughs> yeah. God. Sorry, all right. uh, history with Ben. <laughs> Whoa, whoa, whoa. Oh, sorry. Oh, 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 oh sorry. So oh. Just, just hijack the whole damn thing. Party foul. <laughs> really trying to hurt me today, I'm Al. really derailing I'm really hurt. Oh, no. I really think hurt. it's uh, time for a bit of... Well, hang on, hang on. Whoa, 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 whoa. First up, let's crank up the booth, because oh. gentlemen, we're history. Brace yourselves, amigos. <laughs> gentlemen. We're history. Alright. Alright, now that we're, <laughs> we're fi- back. Now that we're finally ninety ninety nine. Ooh, I like it here. Um it's we might as well figure out what's been going on. So it's time for History with Brad. <laughs> I'm, st- I'm still was good. I'm still hurt. <laughs> Damn you. Will. Um, all right, well, you guys, uh, as you can see, which is uh, very much a visual thing, which doesn't work for the podcast, I am so goddamn organized right now. It's, you have it's, a lot it's, really it's, it's actually really, really scary. It's making so, me uncomfortable. You've know, changed, man. I know. So last episode, I chopped down a tree. This time, I've chopped down an entire forest. Whoa. You've got a lot, um, I, know. I know. At least I've got three sections. Did you even have pictures and stuff? I know. What's that all about? Yeah, it's just because it's just the control P and that's how it came out. Ah. I feel like you should, <laughs> I feel like you should be lying on the floor with your laptop out and, you know, your papers around you and... <laughs> you Gantt charts. <laughs> sure. I can do that. Next episode. Oh, cool. All right. The whiteboard. <laughs> a whiteboard would have been good. Laser can you organise that, Slaney? Next time? Whiteboard? Whiteboard will do. No, Actually, did. we'll go into something in into my... Uh, Second set of papers, it would be funny. All right, 1980... Oh, sorry, not in 1986. Oh, oh my God, see, it's... it's, it's no. Um, all right, 1999. Uh, human population hit 6 billion. Oh, nice. Um, Helen Clark became the first prime minister, female prime minister of New Zealand. Choice. Um, Choice, Boo. Slobodan was uh, convicted of war crimes. Lance Armstrong won his first tour to France. Uh, the Columbine High School Massacre, not uh. great. Um, and then straight after that, the uh, U.S. gun control bill uh, rejected gun reform laws. Again, um, Australian voters decided to keep the Queen. Uh, the Geneva Convention uh, celebrated its fiftieth anniversary. Mm. Um, Barbie turned forty. Boris Yeltsin resigned wow. as president of Russia, and Vladimir Putin came in, um, and he's still there. 
Um, Did he come in in 99? Yeah. Whoa. Yeah, dude's been there for a long time. Yeah. Um, we all started preparing for our uh, millennium celebrations worldwide. Um, oh, in yeah. technology, Internet Explorer version 5 was released. Oh. Um, the Y2K problem. <laughs> MySpace was originally was officially uh, introduced. Uh, Bluetooth was announced. Mm. And uh, Napster. Um, <laughs> I love it how you know, so well, throw away line. Just yeah, throw away well, line. Yeah, really quickly, so I use a music streaming service at home here, uh, and it uses the stream. The actual software that my hardware uses is Napster. Cool. I swear, like it's actually it's like logos and everything. Napster. So anyway, <laughs> moving right along. All right, you things forgot. you would have been doing in uh, that were totally. Oh, sorry. Go. You forgot. Oh, I finished school that year. Oh, well, there oh. we go. That was massive. I'm surprised important. that wasn't on the Wikipedia page. But, <laughs> well, there was a lot of editing done to it beforehand. So, oh, okay. uh, um, I should go put it 1999 in. seems like it actually wasn't a huge amount of time ago, but it actually was. So, things that were normally 1999, playing Snake on your phone, rewinding VHS videos before taking oh. them back to the video shop, Dude, taking notes on an overhead projector, uh, inserting oh. a CD into your... <laughs> it's got pictures. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, inserting a CD into computer, waiting for dial-up internet. Oh my god, we got to put these on Instagram. Like <laughs> this is great. We'll lay them out on the floor at the uh, end of the episode. Using Encarta for uh, research projects, listening to a Sony Walkman. Encarta. Um, Holy crap! <laughs> watching actual music videos on TV, uh, paying bills in person, taking <laughs> uh, <laughs> pictures with a disposable camera, playing music on a. On a boombox, Y2K again. Hang on, isn't that more of an 80s thing? Like, you know, carry the boombox on your shoulder. They were still there in the 90s, man. Oh, man. Uh, listening to messages on your landline answering machine and skimming yeah. through the yellow pages. Oh, and of course, one that we all know, uh, blowing into your Nintendo cartridges. Oh, yeah. <laughs> all right. Uh, top 10 films, according to IMDb, for 1999. Mm. The Mummy, The Matrix, Fight <laughs> <Light> Club. <clears throat> now, wait, are you saying that The Mummy was a higher rated <laughs> film than The Matrix? The number, on IMDb, The Mummy is the number one rated film of 1999. You know yes. what? You yeah, know what? That, that movie isn't that bad. I love right? it. It's, it's, it's not that bad, but it's certainly not that good. Sure, it hasn't had the lasting impact that The Matrix has, but remember The Matrix. Okay. No, I was going to say The Matrix had two bad sequels, but actually The Mummy did too. Yeah. What? Yeah. And, well, look, and soon to be a remake. Yeah. We've good old no, Tommy Cruz. It. It's, it's, it's out, I think. Oh, isn't, isn't that just Mission Impossible with mummies? Yes, isn't it? I think so. Yeah, who cares? Uh, Where was that? Uh, the Mummy, Matrix, Fight Club, American Beauty, <laughs> the Fight sixth Club, good. sequel to Ferris Bueller's. Oh, yes, yeah. exactly. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good crossover. Uh, the Sixth Sense, uh, number Jeez. six. Ten Things I Hate About You, starring Heath Ledger in, in this film. Uh, the Green Mile, number eight was American Pie. Nine, Eyes Wide Shut. Number 10, Big Daddy. Oh, All right, notable. Number 10 was Big Daddy. Yeah. Wow. Jeez, when you, just what when he thought year? it was a good year for film. <laughs> yeah. I was Big actually Daddy about to say, it. what a year for films. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. It goes on. So some notable mentions outside the top 10. Uh, episode 1, Cruel Intentions. Uh-huh. Office Space. Uh, the World Is Not Enough. I love that movie. Virgin Suicides, which has our uh, favourite from, uh, from, yep, from uh, Vampires. Interview with a Vampire, Kirsten uh, oh, Dunst. Yeah. Ah, uh, Notting Hill, one for L. Um, being John Malkovich. <laughs> um, <laughs> Austin Powers, the spy who shagged me. Dogma, no. uh, the Blair Witch Project, and Any Given Sunday, which is famous for one line or one scene, and the rest of the films absolutely terrible. Wow! So they were notable mentions of films in nineteen. Uh, where were we? Ninety nine. Um, I did print out uh, who won um, best actor and all that sort of stuff, but. 
I it's in there somewhere. Judging yeah. by the amount of paper know. you've got, your printer probably ran out of ink before it got there. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, uh, I can't remember. I think it was big films, Saving Private Ryan. Didn't win best film though. Something oh. else did. Can't remember what. Doesn't matter. Okay. I'm okay. sure we'll do another film from 1999. Was Schindler's and, List? No. Nah. There were some great films nah, on that list. Yeah, yeah. There were some excellent films on that list. Yeah. Great. Crazy. So 1999 does seem to back up 86 with being a, a fantastic year for, for <laughs> films. 86. Oh dear. Well, shall we get started? Yeah, I tell you, I love, I love the opening sequence in this movie where they're just <laughs> in there, straight into it. Oh man, I got it. Like just, I sat down before you guys came over this evening, and I'm like, right, get my refresher on, make my notes, you know, like check it out. And you know, like it just starts out with uh, them walking through some shrub, you know, like they're in there, and it just sums up the movie so well because everyone's just. Bogan shorts. Everyone's just super <laughs> relaxed, except this one guy who's about to get shot in the head, right? Uh, but I love that the whole scene, this guy's life is literally hanging in the balance. And they're calling, like, I can't, I can't remember what it is. Like, call one, one, three, oh, two, one, three. Or, oh, one, three. Yeah, call yeah. It. yeah, it's just casual on the phone. Just, yeah, yeah, have you got anything uh, in botany? You know, like, yeah. it's just, and it's like this whole guy's life is just hanging in the balance. And I just love the way it sets up the entire movie. Yeah. Like, it's, it's yeah, so good. It sets, it sets the like, thing. It sets the tone. <laughs> like, really It's well. in the first, like, two minutes. Like, yeah. He's coming through the bush and he's, you know, it's, it's a desperate situation. He's like, oh, fuck, no, oh, no, don't do it. Oh, oh. <laughs> And then, like, two minutes in, he's like, oh, call 013. Oh, it's just in pieces. Like, oh, my God. But then, like, you know, like, you think about the reality of it, and you're like, oh, man, it's just some operator. Just, yeah, whatever. Yeah, Robert, someone, Robert Shaw in, in Botany Shaw. Just doing like, their uh, job. Just doing their job. No idea that they're, like, you know, deciding the fate on somebody's <laughs> life. Like, oh, I thought it was brilliant, you know, like. But even just before that, where. They can't even get the guy's names right. It's like, it's yeah, Jono. Yeah. Oh, nah, fuck, that's his nickname. Yeah, um, that's, it, oh, that's his nickname. Shit. They called him Racker or something. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know. oh, and then he's name. like, oh, oh no, nah, wait, she's at her mum's. And- <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's so good. And it's something that relates to the, the, the entire film is that, to me, this film is less about how good of an actor you can be and more about, hey, just do, just be yourself. Like, that maybe it's because it is an Australian film, we find it more relatable. But I find that pretty much everyone in this movie, I don't know if a lot of the people are in this movie are movie stars. Like, I know a lot of the, the you know, B characters and things like that. Uh, like, you know, there's a guy in the wreckers. And I'm like, I swear that guy looks so rough. I don't think he's an actor. I reckon he actually works well, in those wreckers, maybe. The, like, the main, the guy that's in there, that, so when the guy comes in, yeah, who the fuck the are you? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, I've, seen, I've seen that guy in a few other oh, Aussie films. Yeah, okay. never, a, pretty much just like, you know, a one-line, two-line role. I've yeah, seen yeah. him in other films. And when he goes out the back to um, the wrecker guy, Jimmy yeah. or whatever his name is, or Bob or whatever it is, um, I've seen him in a fair bit of stuff as well. But they're okay. all, most of the characters or the actors in this film, other than obviously Heath Ledger, Rose Byrne and Brian Brown, yeah. are, oh, I've seen that guy in this. And, you know, Akko, nothing, oh, you know, he's the guy from well, that, David that Field. coffee head. Yeah. yeah, David Field's like a director and he's been in heaps of stuff. He's been in heaps like, of stuff. Yeah, but it's a- mo- like most people now, unless you actually know him as Akko, which I think he will always go down in history <laughs> oh. as being Akko. He's the dude from the Dare coffee ad, you know. Yeah, the, yeah. yeah. Sure. but I, I love how there's... But just... he's basically playing Akko. Yeah, 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 yeah. And that, that Dare Ice Coffee, uh, is sponsor, you know. Something. Oh, well, you know, if, <laughs> if they're interested. If they're interested. Mm-hmm. I just love how with a lot of Australian films, we, like, there's a real embracing the the full-on Bogan-ness mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. us. And this one, I think the, the, the bit that I thought just... And it was again at the start with his brother, 
how he does that speech. He's climbing up. Um, is his name Michael? I think so. Yeah. Maybe. They don't really. They don't. S- everything I was reading was like the man. I think. Well, I think man. the only time they mention is when Echo's like, "We buried Michael out here." Yeah. I think that's what he says. Anyway, this is, this is where we stuck his brother. Yeah, yeah. right there. Right there. Yeah. <laughs> the dam was near. The dam, dam was, was dry. Oh. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, um, but the fact that he's like super bogan and he starts talking about poetry and stuff, like, oh, this bloody bloke's put it all in, yeah. all yeah. into place. Somebody's been through it worse and yeah. written it down. Yeah, <laughs> and it's just like there's this guy like talking about poetry and you know all sorts of stuff, but he is just ocker as. So yeah. really quickly, like, like what do we think about? Because this is a very straightforward, you know, it's a crime film, but there's this whole, like, ghost story going yeah. on. Like, it seems so out of place, yeah. but it I had some questions so well. about that. I had a question about the, the, the brother ghost as well. Yeah. yeah. Well, but it's like, but it we'll, seems like we'll it fits so well. I think things will turn up in that later. Sure. Um, what is it, though, with all these Australian films? So, I think I said in the last episode, this is my favourite Australian film mm. of, like, all time. But there's always... With Australian films, there's always just I don't know. There's there's something lacking. It's and, and I don't know what it is. So there's been some absolutely brilliant Australian films that are right up where they're with you know just excellent films. So Priscilla, mm. this, the original Crocodile Dundee, they're fantastic films. But there's something missing, and I can never pick what it is. You mean in Australian films in general, or just in, in general in all in all Australian films? It's like they don't seem to finish well. Do you know what I mean? Like they just seem to like peter out. There's never ever an like a ending. Like a lot of negative endings. No, or no, just, not just negative. Kind of... It's just sort of like oh, I don't know. I can't explain it. And I was mm. hoping someone else had picked up on that with a lot. Of, like with most Australian films, is that they're always the same. They're these brilliant films. Like this is an absolutely brilliant film. It's got some absolutely fantastic acting, some fantastic one-liners, oh. and just some great Australian colloquialisms and stuff like that. The very, but yeah, the very just, very end of it though. And they, all Australian films seem to just they just seem to just. At the end, hmm. yeah. you know what I mean. What, what just... about the rover? Have you seen the rover? Oh, oh yeah, Fuck. get on that. Get onto that. Jesus, no, that's yeah, okay. awesome. All right, get on it. Maybe it's um, uh, maybe it's a case like I, I think I know what you're saying. I find that a lot of Australian films. There's two things I've noticed about Australian films. One, uh, Australia gets used for, and uh, without giving too much away about the rover, but like Australia's very good for you know setting the scene for post post apocalyptic kind of wasteland kind of thing. We're good at representing that. But the other thing I noticed about Australian films is we've, like, you know, a lot of these directors will definitely go out of their way to nail home our, um, uh, what is it, like our, oh, damn, the word's right on my brain, our stereotypes. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, like, like a lot of these movies will go out of their way yeah. to really enforce our stereotypes, whereas in America, like, you know, they make a movie, they're just like, whatever, we're making a movie. They don't try and, you know, some movies do, but... You know, we I find with pretty much every film I've ever seen, we really juice up the stereotype. Yeah, and the, the start of this with him with his real awkward <laughs> accent, go yeah, you know, all this. It's like you come to Australia. <laughs> what about what about Les? Most people. Yeah, and, and oh Les. my god! <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> that guy. You got out, got You like the movies, oh, do you? Yeah. <laughs> oh, you're friends with Panda, are you? Oh man! But I mean, it's like the 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 VBs in the stubbies. Yeah. Yeah. All the time, flag, yeah. Holders, yeah. yeah, and yeah, and the short shirt, shirt tucked in, and they're in the stubbies. Yeah. They're, all, they're always wearing thongs. I tell you one thing: KT twenty sixes. The one film this does really well is is like give you the perception of how hot it bloody is. Oh, yeah. doesn't it? 
Everyone oh. is sweating. And like, just More than Top Gun. Yeah, more than Top Gun. <laughs> Guaranteed. Everyone is just hot all the time. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's so, summer in Sydney. It's hot. But the good thing is that but it's gross that. hot. Yeah. And, and the good thing about it is, you know, the, the pinnacle scene of him at the beach... You're obviously there going, shit, yeah, I'd want to go yeah. for a swim. Like yeah. The audience is like, oh, that water looks so good. Because you're feeling just how gross it is yeah. Yeah. being there. It's, it's just, funny like that you say that because like I one thing I noticed about watching it this time, obviously I'm critiquing it this time, but it's like you, you really look into it. And I, one thing I noticed about this movie is it's so well done that there's really not a lot of just useless dialogue or useless like pretty much everything you hear like there's a scene where he's getting dressed he's going to meet uh when um Heath Ledger is going to meet um uh Pando and in the background the radio is like oh it's a scorcher today and I'm like yeah. any other movie they could play the movie in the background whatever it'd just be random banter but again it's all these subtle little bits of information yeah, everything, everything that are setting the scene is building up to something exactly else, right which is the great scene where they actually meet the guys from the radio station <laughs> oh, oh yeah absolutely so, so Al I cut you off there we'll be no sorry I just want to go back a bit like the Australian film thing is is it's a real pickle and I, I've had some experience in yeah. it but not as much as plenty of other people. Like you know, I'm I'm much more of an observer as well than a participant. But it it's always felt to me like because we're such a smaller population, the film industry here is. I don't want to get too like down and serious, but the film okay. industry here is an art form. It's not a business as such. Yeah. Mm. So a lot of people, a lot of films get made in Australia, like but I wouldn't classify them as Australian films. A lot of work gets done here. Yep. We've got, mm. like, I've got mates working on films that they can't talk to me about. It's, cool. it's cheap though, yeah. right? I mean, to film here? Well, it's cheap, but we're also good enough now. Like, people come to these studios, particularly. Because we know what we're doing. To use them, yeah. yeah. There are a lot of digital I think it's also, here. like, when Hollywood comes here too, they also come here for the reason that they can, like, get away from Hollywood. Mm. as well well um, yeah like it, it started so out as it started the, out as like a tax break thing like Atlanta gets a lot of films made and Toronto as well Toronto moment, yeah because it's cheap to do it and mm. why wouldn't you go somewhere where it's cheap to do it a lot of American it? TV gets made in Toronto as well yeah. I, I was in Toronto when a Nick Cage film was being I have no idea what it is because <laughs> who gives a shit I was in Melbourne <laughs> when a Nick Cage film was yeah, being yeah. made oh. <laughs> Ghost Rider oh, but, yeah. but, but there are a lot of films like that like Where the Wild Things was shot here mm-hmm uh, and in fact, I discovered where the wild things when he leaves in the boat is from like a lake, like 500 meters yeah. from my house. Which oh, really? Is pretty cool. Wasn't but the Matrix shot near here? Or was the Matrix that was in shot Sydney. in Sydney? Sydney. Sydney. Okay. Yeah, but so, but see, I wouldn't, even though a large portion of the crew is Australian, like to to be an Australian film, to me, it needs to be the people <laughs> at the top. It needs to be the director or the producers, mm. even. Like, it, you know, it needs to be the person telling the story, the screenwriters. Well, I actually noticed at the end of this film, you know, once again, because you're critiquing it, there's things that you don't notice when you first watch it, but now you're watching it. So I actually noticed at the end. So the start, mm. it comes up, you know, um, New South Wales Film Board or, or whatever it is. And at the end, um, New South Wales Film Board with major uh, funding by Showtime. Yeah. So Showtime so, was actually probably the money behind this. Yeah. So mm. like I said, it's a it's a an art form here. People mm. make films because they want to tell stories. They want to tell their stories. Mm. It's not let's make Transformers because the last one made six squillion dollars. Yeah. So it's yeah, a, yeah, yeah. so it's a bankable film to make. Mm. Um, <laughs> My wife summed it up, and <laughs> I may I literally almost strapped it to the couch the other day. <laughs> For other reasons, and I made it a, wanted to watch a film, um, <laughs> so I made her watch Romper Stomper. Um, oh. So 
I love Romper Stomper. It's great. But and, and I knew she wouldn't like it, but I made her watch it anyway, and she hated it. Absolutely hated it. Um, but Australia <laughs> seems to be good at making these like underground cult films, which this mm. one would definitely be one of them. So Romper Stomper, Mad Max, Mad Max, or whatever it was called, The Road Warrior, when it was done in the States. I suppose all of those movies, like the common theme that they have is they're all like, yeah, the seedy underground... Yeah, yeah the gangster lifestyle. They're, they're almost art house. Yeah. I tell you a great. I tell you a great film to watch. It's called Not Quite Hollywood. Yeah, and it's a doco on like exploitation Aussie films and Ozploitation. Ozploitation. Yeah. Oh yeah, uh, and it's amazing because it gives you this whole backstory of like the films that made that got popular were particular kinds and like B grade yeah like mm, the, slasher. The, the films that did well overseas were the like you were talking about before Jules like the stereotype like the Barry McKenzie's yeah. and Razorback Dork and Razorback and yeah. yeah all this kind of like genre mm. and I feel yeah. like we don't do a lot of genre anymore mm. the thing you also get so in that doco Tarantino is in it and he's actually saying that you know, this scene from this film was literally taken from here. And, and he's a massive fan of these Ozploitation films, which I'd almost say that this would even be in that class of one of those films where, yeah, yeah where it's maybe. really sort of taking mm. it. Not, maybe not to the much of like your Barry McKenzie's or your, so, or your Man from Hong Kong or, or those sort of things. <laughs> but, but definitely there'd be a lot of bits and pieces in these films that like directors that actually go out and watch films from other countries would probably yeah. pick up on so a lot of bits and I was, pieces. In I this. was hearing a bit from Gregor Jordan, the director. This was his debut film. Mm-hmm. And he went on to do Ned Kelly and <coughs> Buffalo Soldiers with Joaquin Phoenix. Mm. Um, but this was his debut. And he was like, he was a, he's a huge fan of like the standard sort of gangster movie. You know, he loved Godfather and stuff. But they're all they're all tearing around in their roles and their suits and it's all like, you know, organized Very crime. Formal. And so he wanted to tell the story of like an Aussie gangster that, that isn't, that isn't getting around in suits and it isn't about the show so much as about just getting on with it and just sort of being, you know, he's the whole time, Pan- like we've said, Pando's in buddy stubbies <clears throat> and, mm. and a t-shirt and he's drinking beers and they're yeah. all like Wally, I love Tom Long in this. Wally's in, <laughs> Wally's in thongs the whole time, and he's yeah. just like, "Oh no, nah, they they fizz when you put them through the wash butt. No, yeah. they should oh, they oh, should mate. shoot through swamps no, and that." My my favorite is the heart disease is the biggest killer of yeah, Australians. Yeah, exactly. over That's 30. the best thing about him. He's he looks and acts like the dumbest dude, but he comes yeah. out with his one. Line. Well, they're all real smart. Yeah, like really early on, they're real smart. I actually, I. I paused it i don't do it very often but i paused the scrabble board yeah oh, okay. oh and the scrabble yeah. board is this amazing amazing juxtaposition and i i couldn't work out who was putting what words down because i wrote some down half of the words were like pig pot peg <laughs> gob right like <laughs> just like you know three points three points but then the other words were like invade, tedium, devoid. <laughs> like they were these amazing words. <laughs> but that's <laughs> the good thing. Because Rocco is always getting... Echo. Sl- Echo, Echo, sorry. Echo is yeah. always getting just destroyed yeah. at whatever they're doing. But it's like later on in the chess game, right? They all know how to play chess. Like yeah. I don't know how to play chess. Yeah. And they're all totally on it. So, so there is this like... They are smart blokes, mm. right? Even though there's this persona of Bogan. Mm. Shut your fucking yeah, mouth, Wally. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, my favourite line of the whole movie. They're selling 
they're selling the image that they're putting forward, I guess. Mm. Yeah. But actually, they're all they all know exactly what they're doing. That's and, and that's a great scene too. There's the look on Echo's face <laughs> when he goes, "Oh, and that's a triple word score." And used all my and letters. And I've used all my letters. <laughs> That's 172. And you just see him <laughs> just mouthing. just yeah, like, fuck. <laughs> but it's so good. But there's so much of that little subtlety, mm. those little subtle like Which characteristics that normal people would do that yeah. you just don't, you don't normally see that in movies. And that's why mm-hmm. I love this. Like, I don't find this movie really good because it's relatable because it's an Aussie film. Like, I find it relatable because I feel like I can just relate with these characters more. Not that I'm a gangster or anything, but, mm. you know, like... The conversation, most of the conversations that people have in this movie are so awkward. And I'm like, <laughs> I swear to God, I have conversations like this with people all the time. They do yeah, awkward like, really well. Oh, so yeah. awkward, you know? It's like, enjoyable it makes, awkward is what yeah. it is. Like Rose Byrne's character is oh, just oh, so tediously she's awkward. Amazing. Oh, yeah, like, she's amazing. She's so good. She's really good She's in so awkward. I love yeah. it. Yeah, and, so. and it's kind of like to see the, the whole interaction <laughs> between um, Alex, Rose Byrne and Jimmy... Is is super awkward the whole time, but mm. it's really endearing. Mm. Like it is, mm. it, it is really like you can relate to it and be like, "Oh, talking to girls is it's really tricky," and yeah. you know, like. Well, you you look at how Jimmy talks to her, and then you look at how it was Les, Les. <laughs> talks oh, yeah. to her, and he's just licking his yeah. lips the whole time. Like, we should like, go to the oh. pictures, eh? Yeah, yeah. yeah. You got that tonight, are you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, just gross. He is disgusting. That guy. Like, yeah. oh my god. I've, I've got to hear that he's just a gutter rat. Uh, yeah. <laughs> gutter rat. Gutter I, rat. I, I'll have to go through my notes. Tom Cruise, a bit like him, eh? Like him, eh? Red Yeah. I wonder if he's actually like that in real life. Like, surely he's putting it on, you know. Like, <laughs> oh, absolutely. Sure. Like, you'd have and to be... You sit there and, like, a lot of people that sit there and go, oh, do people actually speak like this? And I was in Cairns last weekend and there's a lot of people that <laughs> yeah. speak like that. And that's just how they speak. And it's just, you know, whatever. They're still speaking English. You can still understand them. They're mm. just, you know, it's accents in different parts. I mean, look, one of, one of, I swear that one of the most natural... Uh, characters of this movie oh, and I, I use natural in like it doesn't even seem like they're in a movie is um, I can't remember his name but he's the main bank robber was guy that? he's like was was that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah sure he's good he's- that guy he plays the role so good yeah. because you're just like man like like he, he I, just I'm not watching an the actor, part, he, but he, he has so, he has so much fun doing it too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, like he enjoys the process. Like just have fun. Oh, yeah, shoot yeah. the cameras just, if you want. Yeah, yeah. just before they go into oh, the, the robbery, yeah. they're like, he's like, yeah, you're gonna be alright, yeah. And, and you know, Heath Ledger's what's Heath Ledger's character's name? Um, Jimmy. 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 But that whole point and when Jimmy shoots that camera and you look at his face, he's just he like, yeah, nice. nice. Yeah. Like, he's just so happy. Like he's like, oh, that's that's awesome. But he's saying in the car when he's talking to Jimmy and Jimmy's a bit nervous. He's like, you're right. And then he's just like, look, mate, just just have some fun. Fun with it, mate. Just yeah. have fun with it. Yeah. It's like, oh man, this guy is. But like, even to the point where he's job. like, you know, where they're sitting there at Dee's mum's place, and Mrs. Fletcher, Mrs. Fletcher, oh, thanks, yeah, right. thanks, Mrs. Fletcher, <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, and and that's the thing. So they're still really polite. They're still all you know these people, but they're, they're bank robbers that are quite happy to shoot yeah. cops. Well, <laughs> I really and, like- and he sits there though, and um. I think when they're talking about shooting out the camera, mm. and he goes, "Oh, remember Jimmy?" When he's talking to yeah. Wayne, remember Jimmy he used to he used to shoot the cameras. Oh, <laughs> it was bloody oh, great! Oh, great. Yeah. <laughs> Just, I re- but I really <laughs> like they do it. They do it really well with Waza and Wayne. Well, that whole that whole bank robbery scenario, but Pando does it epically as well. Is the divide between what's work and what's family? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? yeah, yeah. So, oh, yeah. so that scene, and it's really divisive. Like the whole scene where. 
He's on the phone. He's on the phone to his mm. wife. And he's like, "Yeah, some dude's ripped us off. We gotta go stick him." <laughs> you know, it's just no. But like- it's, it's a, there's actually I was, that something that actually was really poignant with me was he's talking to his wife and he goes, "Oh yeah, this new guy came along. Yeah, he ripped us off ten grand." Well, we're just going to have to go find the cunt and do him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then he's like, and he puts a kid on the phone straight afterwards. He's like, yeah, oh, hey, g'day, son. How are you? <laughs> you oh, yeah. No, the, the origami oh, show's on later. I'll be yeah. there. Yeah. yeah no, was, but he's like, I'll be home and I'll do this with you. Mm-hmm. And then he hangs up the phone. He's like, oh, kids, aren't they great? You know, like, <laughs> yeah. it's, this, it. it's this complete separation of like, yeah, he's, he's, a, he's a dad at home and he's a normal bloke. But he does this business that's like... Mm. I've got know, here, written here with some of the characters. So, Les is a dirty gutter rat. Akko's a psychopath. Pando's a family man psychopath. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Jimmy's just plain stupid. And Lozza oh. is one of the greatest characters in an Australian yeah, film. Yeah, but says, again, again <laughs> when they sit down at, to have that bank robbery discussion, and Woz comes in with his kids and he's like, oh, sorry, guys, Nolene's out today. i got the kids. Yeah, and they you can't know, do the like, robbery on Tuesday. Oh, because fuck, oh, yeah, I've got oh, the kids yeah. in too. Yeah. And she's like, no, yeah. I'll look after him. Like... He's, I, you know, I. This is the, look. This is the first time I've watched this as a dad. Oh, here we go. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but I was like, man, that kid, that guy is like totally on his kids the whole time. He's like, all right, well, I got to get going. I got to get home and feed these guys, and you know, yeah. he's like on. But they're talking about love the and was sitting on the couch with the kid with him. Just yeah, you know, the kid, and it's just yeah, whatever. This the is kids work are everywhere. Sort of thing, you know, yeah. I I was surprised that after the bank robbery and uh, when when the kid walks around and blows a hole in the friggin' roof. <laughs> That like the kid doesn't really seem to get in trouble for that. It's just like <laughs> yeah. Dad got splitting headache, and then it's like nothing really seems like, dude, you've just blown a hole in the ceiling. You nearly killed someone. Like some punishment, maybe. And that, <laughs> the reason why he has a splitting headache, oh, I think I've said, I, I think I've told Al this story. So I went and saw this at the cinemas on a first date with this girl, and I was pissing myself laughing through most of this film. I don't think she got most of the film at all. <laughs> anyway, so and it gets to the scene where the bank robbery and he's jumped over the counter and he's got all the money and then he comes to jump back and he slips and he knocks himself <laughs> out on the himself. floor. I literally nearly wet myself <laughs> to the point <laughs> where this girl <laughs> almost got up and moved away from me. No. I was laughing that hard. I actually got up and walked out of the cinemas because I could not control myself. It was the funniest thing I've ever seen and it's still to this day yeah. one of the funniest things I've ever seen in a film. It was oh, just... Man. Uh, and just <laughs> like the whole the whole knocking on the glass thing like yeah. like, what do you do what? Yeah? here's this guy he's in this robbery he's like first first time robbery he's stressed out of his mind the guy who's running the show comes flying over the counter knocks himself out and he stands there and like he gives this very subtle little shit <laughs> right and he's like he's like all of a sudden he's like what do I, what do I do, man? Like, so he kind of he's trying see, to drag. Cause he attempt, yeah, because he attempts to get the money and was and drag him. And nah, that doesn't work. So he so has to he, try something. Like, he's knocking watching, on the window and oh, yeah, watching God. Heath Ledger put all that down is just like, oh, it's so good. But that's oh. it. Like, so I'm like, oh, but that's what makes this movie so good. Is it's like this movie's not really awesome just because it's a relatable, relatable Aussie film. It's good because you know you the characters. I don't know if they're acting really, really good. Or they're just not acting at all, and they're just, and they're just having some fun. They're just having some fun. Yeah. They're just doing what they well, do in that scenario. Boat. I reckon it's a bit of both. What do um What do we think of the kids, the the little homeless? That's a rough story. Yeah. Like what do we think of that side well, story? I was going to get to that. And this movie, as much as it's you know it's a hilarity through most of it, and great one liners, they really do touch, especially in the nineties. I'm. I think it's a bit cleaner now, but they touch on that real dirtiness and roughness of, of the cross. Of the cross, yeah. Um, yeah. And I think we've mentioned this with like New York and things like that and other films before where it was all dirty and then you go there now and it's it's all clean and, and different. Yeah. And I, 
I, not that I've been to King's Cross recently, but I, I think it's a lot cleaner and maybe a bit more sort of, you know, been there everything for, swept for work up a bit. A few times, yeah. like in that area, and it's, it's not that bad. Yeah, it's, it's pretty. I think maybe '99 was probably about the the end of like the dirty, the real, real dirty Except area of, of, of the cross. They've still got the stations of the monorail <laughs> just hanging yeah. off buildings, and they look creepy. They look so monorail. creepy. So if you're an monorail. urban explorer, <laughs> go monorail. check them out because apparently you can break into them. And go check them out if you want to check out a monorail station. But uh, apparently, there's big there's big arguments about who owns them and who's going to yeah. pay to get rid of them and things because okay. some of them go through like buildings and stuff. Yeah. So. Yeah, well, that's, that's the thing. Of them, like, a they're, lot of them are still there. Yeah, like they're half hanging out of buildings. And yeah, pretty. But they look creepy. <clears throat> like it's just yeah. so the the homeless kids. Um, I think are definitely that social commentary. Commentary, yeah, of mm. uh, of the cross at the time. What's actually happening <coughs> at a younger age? Like this isn't just you know people trying to find work and stuff. It's mm. also people trying to bloody survive. Yeah, mm. kid kids on the streets and stuff, and they're like like how like the scene where the kid gets hit by the car is you just don't see it coming like the first time you see this movie yeah. and you see the kid get hit by the car and you get that sick feeling you in your go, stomach what? like this, there's not many movies that'll do that but yeah. you just see this kid get annihilated and then the you know, absolute the disgust of like of Akko as a character when that's he gets so out good, looks at the car first and sees the smashed headlight and goes ah fuck and then yeah. just yeah. picks the kids up put him on the side of the road and but it's like they off. set it up really well because you see these you know these kids. You're like, oh, you know, who are these? Yeah, what's, what's kids, the deal whatever. with the story? And but then you know they f- they get the money, and then the first thing they do is go to the candy shop to get <laughs> lollies and yeah, stuff. Like they're still kids. They're still kids. Yeah, you know, so you, kids. you forget that, yeah. and then you're like, oh yeah, of course that that's the first thing they'll do. They're kids. Mm. It's it's such a shame because that scene where so where uh, Jimmy's at the beach and goes for a swim. I have real issues. It's the only scene I have issues with. Yeah, uh, and it's because. Um, you know, Jimmy's sitting near the water and those kids are sitting on some steps and you can see the steps in the background when, when the shot is looking at Jimmy and they're like, the steps are like a hundred meters away. I'm like, and Jimmy's real sly with the drop. And there's the a envelope. million people there's on million, beach. There's no way those kids would have seen Jimmy drop something, but that's all right. For the movie, I'm willing to, you know, let it, let it go, let it slide. But it's one of those little, you know, critiquing bits that I'm, <laughs> i got to be fussy about. Uh, our car contingent. What's, so, gonna get oh, Echo's car. Mate. Discuss. Right. I'm going to get back on to this. <laughs> Tim and I will just take off our headphones and <laughs> yeah. uh, back for a bit. So, the, the guy that did this film is obviously a car person. So, Very much so. Um, it was his car. Yeah. The Echo's, Echo's, Echo's car. car. Yeah. Cool. All right. So, his car was a director's car. Yeah. yeah. Oh. And, so I, and I read, coupe. sorry to cut in on your car time. No, I just took God. my headphones yeah, off. Geez, can't no. hear anything. <laughs> but apparently Merrick Watts bought the car later and... Okay, sold it into a 2011, I think. I can imagine Merrick Watts going around in that. Oh. Is that the car? Probably wouldn't though. Yeah. Oh. Is that the car he turned into the barbecue? Surely not. I hope not. <laughs> okay, that's another story. All Although right. I want to hear that story at some point. Okay, yeah. so the guy that did this is obviously a car person. So all the bad guys, being Pando's guys, drive Fords. Fords. All the good guys, being D's family, drive Holdens. Oh, Even rolls. to the point where the the D's family live at number 186 uh. in the street, which is like a famous Holden engine oh capacity. <laughs> so there's a lot more sort of car things. So it, I was pissing myself laughing to film it, all this sort of stuff. They all drive these. So the cars that D's family owns in the time were like just sort of average run-of-the-mill cars that you could afford. Every single one of those cars now is worth well over 100 grand. Yeah. <laughs> like, like it's like that VL <laughs> Commodore, like the, with the, oh, the walking like, sure, yeah. yeah. You're like, oh, yeah, whatever, it's just a done up car. But that thing is like, oh my god, yeah, they're like ultra rare, worth a heap. The Tirana, so the much. green car, and it's just the same thing. I think it's a Monaro in there. Whoa, 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 hang on, fellas. <laughs> okay, so what was Akko's car? XB Coupe, XA, 
XI, sorry. That's an yeah, X, 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 XI. Coupe. And is that... Oh, you say Coupe. Oh, is that the same no. as Eric Banner's Coupe, it's an Aussie car, mate. Ooh. Yes. No. Oh. Eric Banner's got a B. Yeah. Al, oh, yeah, my so. God, Al, you're a car guy. Oh. <laughs> I really... I, I enjoy the spit out of Love the Beast. I nearly yeah. wrote a letter to Eric Banner saying, thanks for making that film, man. I've that sat good, isn't it? Oh. Have you really? Yeah. After it was wrecked or before? No, no, in its oh, current spoilers, Because yeah, he, he fixed it, didn't he? Yeah, he should spent like, it. It's spent like 200 grand. He spent oh. a lot of money on that car. Like just he turned it into a race car it. with cup holders. So that's a yeah. good car. <laughs> oh, we agree that that's car. a good car. Yeah. Even yeah. That back co- then, The no. coupe. The coupe. Nah. It's, <laughs> a, a it's an Aussie car. It's a coupe. Um, yeah, but you don't say... like if it's I was like you know, a bloody coupe. If I was like outwitting you and you said touche, you wouldn't say touche. Yeah. I'm just uh, I'm just gonna pop down to the calf for a while <laughs> to the calf. No, yeah. That's amazing. Sorry. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, Brad. It's an XA <laughs> Falcon Coupe. <laughs> okay. And uh, uh, you oh, go you go to any Ford meet and you'd say that it's, it's a, coupe, a coupe, coupe and you will have the shit beaten out of you by guys that look like Akko and Pando and Pando. and that guy at the wreckers <laughs> and that guy at the wreckers. Oh. Yeah. So that's another well, great scene. Talk, where the talking co- cars is definitely your fort. My <laughs> fort. Absolutely. <laughs> Tooch. Tooch. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is a slippery slope. It is. Oh, we are anyway. On. What else? So what else? There's a lot of other good cars. Like, what's he? He's, I swear the one that he hits the kid with is an XD. XD, I, Falcon. It is XD. Yeah. And even to the point where, like, obviously with D's family, it's like, where, <laughs> um, where Wazza says to Wayne, it's like, Wait, what, what cars are we rolling, rolling in? in? Commodores. Commodores. <laughs> yeah, good. Nah, what's, good, yeah. What's she drive? The the redhead. She's got, like, she drives like an statesman. HQ statesman. Statesman, okay. Statesman. <laughs> with, with the, like, the bonnet scoop on it. It's oh, great. It's, it's awesome. I, love that mo- anyway. I love that moment of... Um, of- Pando telling Akko oh. to give the keys. Yeah. Oh, I just, just had the, the transmission. <laughs> Good, yeah. so it fucking works. <laughs> if you put one thing that he's not going to ding your car, mate. Oh, like I said, just come on, come it's on. fine. Just give your I keys. I know so. you love your car. Yeah, we all know. All Seems right? to be the only oh, thing that uh, Akko loves. Though. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> man. Well, that's it, but that's because that's kind of a good point because that's what I noticed today when I was watching it is that, like, Akko doesn't really care about getting the ten grand back, and sure, it's his job to get Jimmy. But man, does he want his car back? Like he—that's his whole drive—is to get his car back. Even mm-hmm. to the point where, like, Jimmy's like, "Jimmy, you got my keys." You know, like when they catch him. Like, yeah. I don't know why Jimmy's got the keys on him, but he's got them. You know, when he was getting yeah. those clothes on, and he was going out to meet Rose Byrne or whatever. It oh is yeah, true. Movie. Why would you? Like, why would he take Akko's keys? I enjoyed the. <clears throat> The Aussie gangster version of the cement shoes too. Yeah. It's just an yeah, engine. Just yeah. to a nice V eight block <laughs> and going for a swim out in the bay. That's so brutal though. Oh, like so that that is so quick from we've got him to he's in shoes and see you yeah. later. Bottom of the ocean. That's really good because that represents like, you know, what this These cru- guys, this cruise yeah. And just how about. like that they'll just yeah, go, yeah. right, you're done. Yeah. They don't fuck around. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. You know, I think even some guy like I think uh God, what's his name again? The guy with the mullet and the beard. Wayne. Wayne. No, not Wayne. Was. Um, was a, uh, says uh-huh. to him, it's like, you know, be careful because, you know, they've they've done guys over, you know, 500 bucks, mm, not yeah. 10 grand. Yeah, I know. And, or maybe it was D that said that. Yeah, D's, D's like, they cut his head off for 800 bucks. Yeah, and that's it's it. Like, yeah. Um, yeah. But then like, was there a Wayne or whatever his name is, is like, oh, yeah, no, nah, Pando's a dead shit, mate. You know, like he's, mm. clearly these two crews, like they don't see eye to eye. And I love how naive Jimmy is because he keeps defending him. Yeah, no, yeah, he's, yeah. No, he's a good bloke. It's like, dude, come on. <laughs> he's trying to kill you. So he's 19, like he's a proper kid. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, it's not really until, until he's talking to Rose Byrne 
What's her character's name? Alex. 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 Yeah. Uh, that um, he's like, oh yeah, I guess he is an asshole. You know? mm. did, did any of you the first time you saw this? No, I mean, it's kind of hard to think back to '99, even though we are here, thanks to the phone booth. Um, but when 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 they were sitting in the bar, and she's like, oh, who's the like? They're looking through the photo, and she's like, oh, who's the guy in the car? It's like, oh, you know, that's Echo. And then she's like, oh, how do you know him? And like, she kept grilling him about it. And I swear, the first time I was watching this, I was like. I reckon she's a cop. I was like, man, she's really grilling. <laughs> it just seemed like, because she kept asking him about him. Like, it's like, who cares? There's some guy I'm talking to in a car. But she's like, oh, who is he? How do you know him? Oh, have you done work for him? It's like, I'm like, man, is she like interrogating I think him? she was right probably now? just reading his body language about it. Uh, maybe. Because he was obviously squirming a bit over it. Yeah. But it's like, I was. And it, she knew that something had happened, I think. And she mm, was just trying to easily mm, flush it out of him. Maybe. Fair point. But mm, just, I, I remember the first time it. watching, I was just like, yeah. It's so just, she's from the country. She's from Mudgee or somewhere, they say. Yeah. yeah. Mm, yeah. Mudgee. Central Coast somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. And she's she's very, like, naively inquisitive. You know, she's just oh, sort yeah. of asking. asking and they touch on that too, where she takes a photo of the of that guy and he cracks it at her. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And then she flatters him and he's like, oh, okay. Oh, my God. <laughs> that scene, right? So where she's like, oh, you're such a good looking bastard. The first thing that pops into my head is George from Seinfeld. When he's hanging out with those three like Texan guys, you tell that bastard I'm gonna come at <laughs> That straight away that pops into my head. <laughs> no Yankees ever come to Houston. You tell that bastard. I was like, oh my god, that's George Costanza right there. Sorry, are you okay? Hey, you're gonna have to put that to the microphone just so it's extra Aussie. Oh, there we go. You bloody ripper. <laughs> Sorry, it's not a VB. Ah, oh. it's. Um, so can we talk about this brother? Yeah. Because this is a bit of the film that I'm just like, okay, there's one bit that I was really confused about and I want you guys to explain to me, if you can. The touching on the face? his cheek? Yeah, the train. Yeah. Yeah. Now, was he possessing him for a bit to get him to help him get away? I tried to think about it last night and I couldn't actually get anything. Because it's not like he possessed him to be a good fighter because Jimmy's a fighter. Hmm. I'm just I, trying to figure out because now he says you're on your own now. Like, well, okay, well, you're obviously helping him somehow. Yeah, well, like, what, how are you the helping? What I said him? is like, okay, so if you're a bit, for him? if you're yeah. a bit spiritual, you know, like his brother's kind of you know, watching over him, like a guardian angel kind of thing. Right. Whilst he can't physically fight off the the guys, he can have slight influences in the universe to to help save Jimmy, right? So, he, you know, well, I think he has an effect on the bullets. On the bullets. In the laundry, right? The old bullets that have been through the wash. Yeah, you know, he's like, used all his fucking bullets on other things. Well, no, I think he... <laughs> yeah, I right. think he... Yeah, so he, he obviously draws attention to those bullets. Yeah, man. Oh, like, yeah, he doesn't... Yeah. I don't think... He, yeah. he tips the washing off Yeah, he doesn't put machine. the bullets there, but he, he tips the washing off to create noise, so... But also, just in. before that scene, so where he's just about to pull the trigger, you see the brother over there, and it's like close up, and all this fire comes into his eyes yeah and then he pulls the trigger and again the they it backfire because they're yeah. old bullets that have been through the wash in the pockets of his shorts the, the, the scene <laughs> had in pockets of his shorts and I washed them <laughs> um, <laughs> these are rusty <laughs> this is unbelievable yeah I just, I, that's the best because oh. he's, he's looking at like a disappointed dad yeah like, <laughs> like this, gun, this is gun is filthy, filthy. Yeah. <laughs> um, so with the train because Jimmy's only just found out because Prior to Jimmy almost getting executed, he didn't know that his brother had been murdered. His brother was only missing. Yeah, true. Um, mm. And all of a sudden, he's just escaped. And my the way I see it is that him touching the cheek is kind of, you know, whilst it actually, whether it had an effect or not, but it's the first time that Jimmy's really felt that his brother's actually dead. And it's like all of a sudden, you know, he's crying. He's really upset. So like, you know, 
his brother's spirit touching his face, and all like all of a sudden everything comes rushing. See, My brother's dead. Like you yeah, know, I, I thought because he acts like he's in real pain, mm. like he's got this horrible pain, almost like he like his brother was there and he's leaving him or something. And yeah. stabbed him. I would say I that know. if um if somebody shot poor L here. Oh, and someone told you about it, you'd be pretty like, oh my god, like you'd you wouldn't just be shedding a tear, you'd be fucking uh, yeah. falling on the ground. There seems to be way more of a physical um, reaction to it, though, which is what Tim was saying, where he's, he's actually like, you know, like bending over in, yeah. in in pain, mm. and it's sort of like so. The only thing I could think of was that his brother's touched him, so it's the touch of death on his face. But mm. so there is the point though, where after that, like every single decision Jimmy's made before that. Is the wrong one. <laughs> stupid. So this stupid, and even to the point where, at the start, if he hadn't have stopped and spoken to Alex, he would have been to the meeting on time. He would have got to that lady's place earlier. She wouldn't have been dead. He would have been able to give her the ten grand. And he, so it's this butterfly and effect. And they, they talk about and that. They talk about that, right? Yeah, so what you're thing. saying is women are dangerous. Maybe we shouldn't talk to women. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> no. um, so it seems to be after his brother touches him and he goes through that whole. You know, I've just been shot or stabbed, sort of scene. Hmm. Seemed to be every single decision he makes after that is the right decision. Mm, so, okay, that's the only thing I could pick up on it, though. But it doesn't seem to make sense of why, where his brother says, "Oh, you're on your own now." It's, yeah. Yeah, it's strange. Yeah. I don't know. Well, yeah, like, maybe he's like a ghost. He's got unfinished business. It's just a whole part of the movie yeah, like, that I'm just not keen on. It's I, it's odd. I I, I kind of like it. Yeah, I don't mind it's having the so ghost random. as like the uh, of his brother as like the narrator. The narrator. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's mm. fine. But yeah, that, yeah. Mm. Uh, no, I'd agree with that. And being there, and so that little sort of you know the the slight little just tiny things so when you know we're not talking Patrick Swayze and Ghost where he's <laughs> possessing people and talking no. to people but it's more just- like a it's more like a fight club thing where he's kind of just there-ish but I yeah. I would hasten to say that if you cut out all the brother stuff it wouldn't make a difference mm. yeah like you could still have them talking about him like oh yeah, we stuck we stuck Michael over there because I mentioned that he's his brother we stuck his like yeah, 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 buried his brother. So yeah, they yeah. Don't, like, like you they could, don't... you could still have that conversation, but cut out if you cut out all the actual footage of the brother. Mm. I wonder if that would impact mm. the film at all, and I kind of feel like it wouldn't. No. You'd still have. I, I mean, it's I you're right. It's got something to do with the the butterfly effect, and and is it from that point that he starts making the right decisions? You might be right there. Well, I, I see it again, because I, I see it as like, it's his unfinished business to look after his brother. Yeah, because he's digging from wherever he's from. I really like that opening scene. Oh, he's digging like from miles Yeah, because he's digging out of the core of the planet. Like there's... Escaping from hell. There's kind of something thing? to that, yeah. yeah. Mm. This this need to look after his brother is so strong mm. that he's be- he's digging his way out of hell yeah. to get back to him. Because mm. the first time he appears... Apart from the the introduction where he's talking about the tattoos and things, the first time we see him is when just after Jimmy has spoken to Pando for the first time. Or, you know, he's like, do a job. Yeah. And he says, so you want to play with the big boys, do you, Jimmy? So he's kind of here. So maybe in hell, he got a telegram. He's like, Jimmy's getting in the shit. <laughs> you know, you better, get, you better get out of hell, escape, dig your way out. Go and protect Went him, to right? his little hell P.O. box. <laughs> oh. yeah. Checked his... Uh, oh, it's more junk mail. <laughs> Oh, I must be in hell. <laughs> so, he, he, oh, bills. You never hear. You never. <laughs> it's just bills and junk mail for eternity. Oh, would you believe I'm being audited? <laughs> <laughs> oh man. So yeah. So like like whatever the backstory might be, 
He's received emails like our fans email us. Who knows? I don't <laughs> no, know. But... 99, he probably wouldn't have. Oh, oh no, yeah. he might, no, he would have. Uh, yeah, he would have. Yeah, but, yeah. but either way, so I said is this story. It like, would have been yeah. like you got mail type email. Just, yeah. You've got <laughs> mail. After you've, he, and after you've he got hell mail. Sat there and dialed in his modem. <laughs> <laughs> so well, and he's in hell, so the internet probably doesn't work. That oh, way. Yeah, yeah, just yeah. constantly connecting, you know. Um, but yeah, so I see it as you know he's 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 escaped out of hell or whatever. He's come back as this guardian angel or you know unfinished business to steer his brother away from the path of destruction, you know, because Jimmy is very much a oh you know you're going to get in all this trouble. So you know his brother can only do so much as a spirit i guess but i don't know that's just the way i see it doesn't do a very good job because in realistically if he didn't sort of you know remind echo that he's pre-washed and dry clean Mm. bullets were sitting on the shelf that his brother would have been buried in a hole next to him but what so when does the brother first appear to jimmy to Jimmy? Yeah, like, like... Well, he doesn't appear I don't appear think he does. He, yeah, does Jimmy he? doesn't never sees him. No, 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 but I mean, when... It's, it's just when after... When would the brother first have the so impact? The first the first time... Oh, well, the first time I've noticed the impact would have been when the bullets at Echoes. That's the first diversion of fate, if his you will. brother helping. Is, yeah. The first time his brother helps him is the bullets. Um, <clears throat> like, I know that... Like, you don't really see him that many times. Like, it's a very small part. Yeah. But, like, just after... Jimmy's talked to Pando and, and Pando's got the job for Jimmy and then he goes back to the door and uh, Les is like, oh, you got a job for Pando, mate. You know, like, and then well, you're right at the end of that scene, yeah, at the end of that scene is where the brother's there. He's gone, so you want to play with the big boys, do you, Jimmy? Right, okay. And then after that, so obviously you know, he sees the he's seeing the path that's going down and he's like, right, you know, I need to intervene, do my yeah. ghostly things. And then we see Akko's so, voice and then after that, he's at the extra. Right, execution. so what I'm trying to establish is if... He's making all the wrong decisions, and then his brother intervenes. He starts making them. Oh, yeah. So he's making kind of how. So so his brother's digging out of hell, right? Yep. So he doesn't get there straight away. He sort of gets. So he gets there. Let's say he gets there in time to see Jimmy having just spoken to Pando. Yep. In the car. Mm-hmm. Right. In- intervene at the beach then. Yeah. So mm. how come? But. He only seems to appear at night, and you know that old theory about ghosts in your house at night. Yeah, okay. Maybe I don't. I don't. I'm just really trying know. to establish a timeline. Yeah. <coughs> of when, it is of very when he starts random. impacting. Which you're right. It's it's when he goes to the laundry. Hmm. I mean, look. I, but why in my notes, he... I wrote like you know what's with the ghost story. Like I don't understand it. <laughs> that, was, that was your that was your input. That, that was, was my input. What's with the ghost story? But you know. Sorry. Through like discussing it here, like that's the way I'd like to see it. If we needed to force it into the movie, yeah. and someone was like, "We need to have a ghost." Story. And so the train is the point where <laughs> the brother leaves, mm. and Jimmy's on his own now. So what happens? What happens after that? Well, see, the thing is, that's after he's escaped. I guess he goes back to hell. No, he does the job the next day. Yeah, that's after he's on yeah. the train. Just after he's, um, we don't see him again. Yeah, but <laughs> you remember the after the credits thing. No. Two hands with him. Is there an after credits thing? No, I never watched that far. It's not on uh, all the copies. We had it, I think, on our taped version on the TV. Really? So you you remember? So he's back in the area where he was buried, and there's a shining light from heaven that he's trying to get to. Uh-huh. And he's, I've seen that. And he's running to try and get to it, but all these hands start coming up to try and grab him from under the earth, and they eventually get him and pull him, pull back. him down at the end. And then you see him just go. He says something, and then the the oh. earth closes over. Oh, oh, man. So it's almost like it was his 
Like maybe he was trying His to get from hell. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's but really it wasn't enough or something. I don't remember that. Do you? No. You know, it's definitely a thing. Oh, that's that one of the major not things I remember. In the version awesome. I watched last night. No. Because okay. I watched it all the way through to the end. Yeah, yeah I'm gonna have to okay. check my Blu-ray. But so, so but be. so he so he's trying to get out of hell to help his brother. Yeah. And he does help him. Like maybe he gets a chance to help. Yeah, but then he still gets sucked back down to hell. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. Which to me would suggest that he's failed and Jimmy is actually destined to go on a path of destruction and Yeah, I don't know. Interesting. This is I, I, I kind of like this. This is good. Well, Jimmy this. gets to basically like after so when the kid comes in and shoots Echo and and uh, Pando and mm. all the other guys, it's that's almost his get out of jail card and like life can reset. He doesn't know anyone yeah. anything. He's got the opportunity to go with Alex to up. be the boat builder up on the central coast, North and, Coast. Yeah, and yeah, North <laughs> Coast. Sorry, and um, and get away from everything and. Then he goes back to his, you know, his apartment, and the lady next door's mm. <laughs> updated him on what's going on. Yeah, and she's there. So Go, just maybe going, it's... going back to the um, <clears throat> on the train where the brother touches his face. I know the brother's got like a big hole in his cheek from where so they shot him. I'm guessing <laughs> just yeah, as a because, theory because Jimmy's lined up exactly the same way. Yeah, I reckon that he got shot and maybe as a, hey, dude, you need to straighten up and fly right. Like, start paying attention, making the right choices. When he touches him, it may because it kind of goes, you know, the lightning crashes. And oh, yeah. it's like that, I guess, um, near-death experience or that uh, premonition of dying or whatever, you know, that gets touched in that same spot. The brother touches him where he got shot. So maybe maybe that's got yeah. something to do with it. I don't, I don't know. You know mm. so. just, I just wonder what the purpose of it is. Yeah, I think Al's right, though, saying that if that character was deleted, would it change a film? No. I See, I think it would. I, I, I would The only thing that's sus on that is the laundry, you know, and finding the bullets. That yeah, are, but he could just yeah. walk in there and just, you know, be yeah. looking around yeah, the house. He, but he, he may he, have gone out and bought other ones before he went and looked in there. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, I really like it in there because, one, it... it, it, it it throws everything away from being just another gangster film. Yeah, sure, it is just I, an. You know, it's very different being an Australian totally gangster great. film, but it gives it this totally like. How many gangster films have you seen with like supernatural supernatural things, things in it? Mm. You know, like it's. I really like it. I, I I would. I reckon if it was not in there, the film wouldn't be the same. I'd really miss You're it. Right. I'm I'm enjoying it more now that we've we've talked about it. it's making some, a bit more sense and, and having a bit more relevance particularly yeah. that last scene I'm just like oh I really want to see it with that, that scene I mean now. a lot of it does he just seems a bit out of place for me. like I can see his role and it doesn't bother me that much but there's just something about him that just seems a bit weird to me I don't know yeah yeah it is it is kind of out there I mean and who knows there might have been more to the story that could maybe hit the cutting floor when they were editing mm. it but he's probably just come from doing infinity push-ups <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> oh man <laughs> and Great then, reference. Thank you, thank you. We're not yeah. the San Dimas School of Film for nothing. No, no. Oh, um, I was going to mention something else, but now I cannot think. Look, there's there's something that a lot of us, or that a few of us spoke about before we started doing this, about we didn't want this to turn into just a... Uh, quote you know, fest. An, a quote fest. And uh, I think we've mentioned that in a, in a previous podcast as well but yeah Shadi's a good mate you just got you just got to mention it there's just so many great lines in this yeah. that and I was trying to work it out there's that I think you'd have to be Australian for a lot of them to actually be funny like a lot of the other ones like there's a lot of funny things so like you know the you know 
you've got a problem with shorties. No, no, I'm okay. Shorties yeah. good, mate. Shorties good, yeah. <laughs> and all that sort of stuff. Um, and even the, you know, what have I said about no shotties in the house after his kid's blown a hole <laughs> yeah. in the roof? Oh. And, you know, all that sort of stuff. And there's just so many bits and pieces in it that I think that you'd have to be, like, you know, and and have lived in Australia for a long time to actually understand. Yeah, definitely. Well. Which, which is great because, you know, they've obviously made this film for Australians and not for the rest of the world. Yeah. Um, which is good because, and I think there's, you know, there's a lot of films that get made here that are like, oh, this will be really big in the States or something. But then there's another a really great Australian film of The Castle, which is about as Australian as you can ever get. Oh. And it's like, it's huge overseas. And yeah. I sit there and I think, it's like, are they actually getting all the humour in this? Because... Mm. So much of this stuff, like, you but, know, just like the locations and things like that, people that don't live even in Melbourne wouldn't understand, you know, that where they live like is... Bonnie Doon and, and... And all that sort of stuff, yeah. yeah they just wouldn't get it. But, it just makes, it doesn't make sense to me. I watch an Australian, you know, let's say this is an Australian gangster film. I watch like, um, like Lock, Stock and Two Smoking Barrels or something. Yeah, like mm. a, like a, a like British English, gangster film. Yeah. Mm. And again, very gritty, very down to earth. I'm sure everyone in London is like, oh my God, it's that street and it's this. And oh, how funny is that? Mm. But I still love that still movie. Great. Like, yeah, it's still great. Yeah, yeah. So I'm sure a lot of overseas people would watch it and be like, wow, this is what like Aussie gangsters are like. And it's, the, like, it's and- the irreverence of it. You know, it's like, it's how relaxed they all are mm. yeah. doing this serious job. Yeah. And, like, I think that's what comes across. And they're doing it for the power versus the money and the glitz and glam. Like, it's not Scarface. Yeah, but no, they're, no, they're just doing it as a, yeah, that's just yeah. their business. That's, that's just exactly what they do right, for work. Yeah, yeah exactly. Which it's, is personified. It's just a job. Which is personified by that different relationship they have at work and with their family, right? Yeah. Of like, oh, kids, you know, like he's still, oh, yeah, when I get home, we'll build that pterodactyl. Oh, dog. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, well, we should. Uh, we're really kicking on in the time department oh. here. We should probably. No, no, so, well, before move we on. before we go into ratings, it's time for you know it's my favourite segment. <laughs> um, it's time for podcasting, podcasting a wider net. net. That was really good. We nailed that one. Getting better. Good evening. Uh, this I'm I'm going old school. <laughs> All right, so if you're... First- the look of disappointment every time we say that <laughs> on the other side of the room is hilarious. Uh, <laughs> so if you listen to some of our early episodes, you'll know... Sorry. <laughs> when when podcasting a wider net was in its fledgling days, I was loose and things... I found some interesting shows. One wasn't even in English. Oh, One yeah, was about that. a theory of speed relativity instead yeah. of the movie. <laughs> this week... I've got two... <laughs> I know exactly where this is going. I've got two shows. Uh, one podcast is called Four Thumps Irish Boxing. <laughs> and they have an episode called Two Hands. Uh, I got oh, about man. 25 seconds into it and I couldn't understand what they were saying. <laughs> but it's about boxing. <laughs> and It's relevant still, yeah. And the other one is called the Xenia Naz Sermon Podcast. Whoa. And the description said, one for the orphan, one for the widow. James chapter 1, <laughs> verse 1, chapter 27. Oh, so, I would like to think that if you're listening at home and you want another podcast on Two Hands, the 1999 film by Gregor Jordan, you're out of luck. <laughs> Starring Heath Ledger, oh, Brown. But that makes it special because the San Dimas School of Film, this, 
I would like to declare a San Dimas School of Film exclusive. Oh, I like that. As far as I can tell in my extensive 20-minute research, <laughs> an online 20 break, minutes? Whew. Hey, if it doesn't come up on that first page of results, I was yeah, say, it that's about exist. 19 and a half more minutes of research done than the rest of history with Brad. Well, you know, I had, I had to be sure. I had to be sure. And 30 seconds of that is me turning on my computer. <laughs> and the rest of it's waiting for the printer to print. Yeah. <laughs> I declare we are the only podcast that has done an episode on two hands. Woo! So, yeah. Yeah. And you know what? Well, prove, that, it, prove us wrong, internet. Yeah, prove yeah. us wrong. Yeah. Send, send us an email. If you want to send us an email, you can get us on sandemusfilm at gmail.com. That's, thank you. That was pretty um, smooth. How about some... Uh, so, yes, that concludes podcasting a wider net ah, for this episode. That was good. Thank you. Great segment. That was good segment. Thank you. <laughs> um, <laughs> Completely irrelevant, but yeah, good. excellent. It's time for reading. You should have a listen should have a listen to the Irish boxing one. It's amazing. Is it? I might. I might give it a go. So, oh, to be sure, to be sure. <laughs> you know what? I, I completely understand what you're talking about. I was working at, uh, when I worked in the building trade, I was working at one of our friends' places. Actually, one of all of our friends' places. And uh, there were some Irish guys up on the roof fixing the roof. And they were like straight off the boat. Whoa. Just like full off and full on import, like tradie dudes that are obviously, <laughs> yeah. oh, you know, out here doing the typical Irish thing and, you know, extending their holiday, working holiday visa. And the only reason I knew that these guys were speaking English <laughs> was that every now and again they'd say fuck. <laughs> Other than that, I was listening down. I was sitting with Graham and we're sitting, we're just listening. And, and Graham's gone, Can you understand anything these guys are saying? And I'm like, Nah. God, nah. that's so good. And then, and then it was really weird. So the, the, the girl that ran this crew would speak to them in their whatever the hell they were speaking. They were full on from out, way up north and out. They were like Irish Gaelic or something. Oh, yeah. These guys were country, like country Irish guys. Yeah. And this girl would speak to him in that and then she'd come and speak to us and she had the most perfect like London private school oh, accent wow. and it was just, oh, this is freaking right. I've got, I've really got a mate like that. She, she's Scottish. Mm-hmm. She's from Glasgow, so it's thick. Mm-hmm. And she calls theatre shows over the, over the microphone. And so when she's on the can, she she specifically like actively talks in an English accent mm-hmm. so people can understand it. And she, mm. quite often... She'll like I heard her so many times when we got to a new theatre, she would say it normally. And they were, sorry, what was that Nat? And she'd say it again in the English accent and it was as it was like a almost like a tick she mm-hmm. had. Like That's she'd awesome. just drop into it straight away. That's amazing. Mm. I'm gonna say that as an operator, I operate a lot of shows uh, in the live entertainment and I have absolute respect for your friend because the amount of people who have been yakking down the comms to me, and I can't understand a friggin' word they're saying. Mm. I'm like, dude, you need to speak clearly if you're gonna hit, if I'm gonna hit those cues. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, like, ah. Oh. Anyway, anyway, that's uh, good. Hi, Nat. Yes, Nat, you're a hero. Well done, Nat. Good work, yeah. Nat. She All right, <laughs> All right. <laughs> that is a shame. So it's time to get rating on this film. Sure. Um, we're gonna start with you again, Brad, because it's your film. Um, so far away, champ. Oh, sandwiches never. Um, uh, never. Exactly, um, Could, Timmy. As the self, sorry to interrupt, Brad. As the self-proclaimed host, I'm, this episode I'm used to it, man. Do you? Want, <laughs> keep going. Sorry, buddy. I'm, so, I'm sorry. Man. You hated my film, okay? Yeah. Uh, oh. Do you want to just uh, explain the Sandema scale to new? Oh, of that course. is a good idea. It's been, yeah, a while. it's been a while. Yeah, we are point. gaining listeners. One a year. Um, so <laughs> essentially, it's fairly simple. We um, we rate everything against Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Um, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure has a hundred percent. So um, our percentage is based on whether it's good or 
Well, we would more likely to watch. You know, it's just if it's better <laughs> it's or worse. Perc- it's just percentages, man. So, um, but Bill and Ted's is is a hundred. So if you think yep. it's exactly the same as Bill and Ted's, it's a hundred. Yep. If you think it's better, it can be one hundred and ten, one hundred and twenty. Correct. If you think it's worse, it can be two. <laughs> two. Yeah. Straight to revolver. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so continue. Don't, don't hey, revolver got a mention. Thanks, Al. Again, I've been, I've been um, relaxing on my last couple of episodes. On the San Dimas scale, I'd say one fifty. Oh, yeah, up there. Did, nice. Hang on, it's getting back onto our ratings. Obviously, we have no idea what we're doing, and our ratings are all over the place. <laughs> mm. Did Ed tell us that he'd actually gone back through all the episodes and written down what we've rated all these films? Look, our, our diligent super fan Ed <laughs> has been on it, and he is, he's got there's a there's an Excel document God, that I just amazing. I've been forgetting to post. I'm sorry, Ed, but he's updating it every episode <laughs> that has all Legend. our ratings, all four of our ratings. <laughs> for every uh, film we've done. For that's every brilliant. Film. Which will show that our rating system really is random <laughs> and doesn't mean anything. But that's the brilliance of the system. Uh, absolutely. You know what? i got to say something, right? So now Ed, to me, has just become, you know, uh, the movie um, that... Uh, Jack Black did that. The Tenacious D. That oh, what's that movie Pick called? Pick a Destiny. Pick a Destiny. Thank you. Oh, yeah. And there's that one super fan that just you guys are <laughs> awesome to me. That's Ed. I'm like, I'm sorry, Ed, if that's an insult. I mean, that in, I mean that in the best possible way. But uh, yeah, that's, it's like that guy. <laughs> it's like Ed. that guy from Blades of, Blades of Glory. He's like, oh, I want to like oh, peel geez. off your skin and wear it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. I'm gonna actually instead of saying that he's a super fan, realistically after that, Ed is now the secretary yeah. <laughs> he's the honorary he's, oh, man. Ed you're actually part of our administration staff now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you get a raise good job Ed. Uh, so uh, what was so it, what was, 150 wasn't it 150? 160 160 I'm going to say 160 let's go 160, 160. whatever I said before scratch 160 um, alright I'll go next um, pretty good I, you know I'm going to say this is like pretty good I'm going to give it 102% Ooh, nice. yeah I actually right. keep it keep it really like I love both these movies no singers ever um, yeah, I, I'd give this, I reckon, 115. Nice. I really like this movie. I love it. It's yeah. so good. Yeah. And I would, if someone put two up in front of me, <laughs> I'd probably go, we got to watch Two Hands first. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm spot on. Like, I really like this film, but I also really like Bill and Ted. Like, mm. you know, they're, so they're very close. I'm, I'm, I'm going to sit around 115 as well, I think. Nice. I'm going to be... I'm going to be spot on with that. No, look, I'll say 120. I really like this film. Yeah. That's pretty consistent across our... Uh, yeah. It, it's, it's pretty good. It's, I, 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 that was one of the reasons why I chose it, because I thought, here's a film that I'm pretty sure that all four of us are going to love, and mm. we've probably seen it a few times. Mm. And as soon as I mentioned it, and everyone just started going, oh, shot, he's a good year. I did consider just like bringing all hatred to it, just to spite you, but uh, I'm like, no, I didn't. You couldn't, I can't. You couldn't do it. I've, yeah, already, exactly. I've already done it so, for... Uh, it's uh, too that, good. What was that terrible movie, Highlight? Oh, <laughs> when it comes to terrible films, mate, I would do, you know, pot, his revolver though. Pot yeah. kettle, yeah, you're the pot of the kettle, mate. You, dude, you heard all the oh, ammo mate. from 1986. He's got. Oh, mate, yeah. <laughs> and he'll just keep it up. Mate. Oh, man, exactly right. Cool, um, awesome. So, it's if you want to, if you want to get in contact with us, as I said, sandemus at gmail dot com. Um, we're on S- Facebook. Film. film at gmail dot com. Um, we're on Facebook, we're on Twitter, we're on Instagram, um, SoundCloud, etc. So please get in contact with us. As we said last episode, uh, we're starting to introduce some listener requests. So 
please do that. Um, do send us an email with a with a single request. That'd be awesome. Uh, Timmy, you and I hit Comic Con on the weekend, <laughs> mm-hmm. and it was pretty stunning. <laughs> uh, we're gonna post up some photos of that, and uh, yeah, tag us and all that sort of palaver if you saw us. Oh yeah, nice one. chat and yeah, rock and roll. Thank you. Awesome. Uh, did we wanted to ask? Give a shout out to our international international flavor, yeah. Did we? we did. Someone mentioned that last episode or after the last episode? Well, we yeah, after, to give yeah, a shout out. yeah. So uh, apparently, what was it according to our? I don't know. <laughs> I just heard about it after the last episode. We're big somewhere. <clears throat> yeah. So apparently, I, apparently we're big, big in a uh, in a one town in the states, and um, as in we've had like a couple of listens, and um, <laughs> it's literally like we've had a couple of listens, had a couple of listens. So we're big there. Probably so like, that's yeah, we're huge. We can probably like in San Dimas, someone was looking for a legitimate film school, or yeah. for like <laughs> what for like lecture notes or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And apparently, a uh, couple of listens in Venezuela, Ooh. I think, was as well. So we are definitely sure. going for that international flavor. Sure, maybe someone. Studying like psychology at San Dimas High, just <laughs> looking for like someone's break. Like, what does breaking point mean? And then, oh, uh, what's this point, point break? That could maybe, maybe in science class they had to do an assignment on speed. Maybe, <laughs> and they've gone and subsequently found the podcast that I suggested. Wow, mm, we're just, just saying. we're helping mold young minds. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we are definitely increasing the mold on young minds. Yes, nice. exactly right. Awesome. Um, so, so shout out to those guys uh, wherever you are around the world. We love you in the circuits of time. Thank you, thank you. So, all right, Timmy, <laughs> down to business. It's my oh. choice. Oh my god, I totally forgot about the choice. Oh, <laughs> I just became as excited as a kid in a candy store. I feel like this episode has more endings than Lord of the Rings. Yeah, like, oh, <laughs> this and this. Um, so yeah, I've literally just chosen this because I forgot that I was choosing. Um, mm. I'm super excited. Um, it's a 2002 film. And Spider-Man. Can we guess? It's, Can we guess? Dude, there's a lot of movies in two. No, but he's got to give us some hints. Yeah. No, I don't. No, no, I don't no. Have to no. Give, drop, I don't, drop the bomb. Drop the bomb. I don't have to give you shit. Um, it's got my favourite actor in it, Leo. Leo. It's a Scorsese film. We're watching Gangs of New York. Yes. Oh my god, I'm so excited to watch Gangs of New York. All right, cool stuff. Awesome. Rock and roll. Rap. Well, do you want to sign us out? I will. Oh, hey, do you want to give it another ending? Because <laughs> I think we need another ending. All right. <laughs> I'll let you get onto that. So, um, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, join us next episode for Gangs in New York. Um, and, uh, yeah, do remember to drop us a line in the meantime. Uh, we're very keen to hear from you all. Um, be excellent to each other and party on. Party <laughs> on.